Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Cake podcast. Today we are on season four, episode six, and we're continuing with our series of interviews. And today we have a special guest, uh, actually my cousin, Ed, who's running an organic farm called Ballyfin Farm. And he started up this year and it's a very exciting time. So we're going to interview him today. Um, but before we begin, just a little thank you from the patrons who are supporting every week. And if you'd like to support and help me grow this work, you can go on to patreon.com slash catchkate. Thank you for listening. And don't forget this, to give this episode a share if you enjoy it. So, Ed, um, would you like to introduce yourself and um, tell me a bit about the farm? Hey Kate, how's it going? Um, yeah, so I suppose I better correct you first. Uh, we're not certified organic yet. Um, I suppose in the next couple of years I hope to be. Um, I have a, a small poultry flock of 250 birds and we also have 35 uh, dairy beef uh, cattle and we also have, uh, this year we got uh, a small circular herd as well. <coughs> Um, yeah, so with the hens, we use a mobile hen house, which we move on every few days, so it gives them fresh grass and it just uh, prevents them from, um, I suppose, uh, reddening the soil. Um, yeah. Uh. Cool. That's great. And um, but you do you do feed the you're not certified, but you do feed the animals organic isn't that right? uh yeah well the the hens are fed organic grain but cool. uh yeah the the beef system i suppose wouldn't be organic uh, mm-hmm. yet no yeah and do you think it's more difficult to get in organic feed for the cattle or uh well they're just they're mainly just fed grass at the okay. moment yeah um, <laughs> that's, <so. laughs> that's an easy one feed them grass yeah so uh, yes but I suppose we wouldn't meet uh, some of the requirements. Yes. Um, because we would be buying the beef cattle off dairy farmers, which yes. aren't organic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it wouldn't be... Uh, like, if you were certified organic, you'd have to be buying them off certified organic farmers. Okay. You know? And are they hard to find in Ireland? Or? Um, uh, well, it's definitely a smaller... Um, portion of the farmers that are doing uh, certified organic yeah. um, the reason why we got a suckler herd is because we want to um, to produce our own calves so a suckler herd is uh, cows and then you have a bull that uh, yeah you make make the calf obviously yeah. <laughs> cool. um, yeah and do you do that at a certain time of year for anybody that doesn't know or any time uh, yeah, well, it's kind of, uh, well, I suppose it's a bit all new to us, but at the moment it's kind of, yeah, they're all different times because, okay. uh, yeah, sometimes they don't go into calf, the cows, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you just have to do it again. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's still very new to us, so, well, yeah. to me anyway, so I suppose it's just a bit of a learning curve at the moment. <coughs> and have you started off, did you start off this year, or...? last year or when um so last year i came home from australia in may and um 
I suppose uh, I was kind of looking at different enterprises to do on the farm mm-hmm. and um, yeah so then I decided to go with the, the hens um, and uh, I bought them at the start of the year and so yeah uh, okay and would you need to buy like our he- can you buy large quantities of hens fairly handy or are they hard to uh, buy? yeah you can yeah um, yeah so I just got them off uh, a guy from for my um, uh, yeah but he's he only deals with uh, large quantities like you couldn't be just buying one or two off him uh, yeah he's fairly big <laughs> yeah yeah I get you and what do you think like how did you get into basically how, how did you get interested in this is uh, it something you've grown up with or something you've always had an eye for well I suppose I always uh, enjoyed farming when I was younger but I then a lot of bad press kind of came out about it and it kind of yeah I kind of I suppose avoided it and uh, I decided to go in and uh, do forestry because I suppose it's similar enough to farming and you're out in the outdoors uh, and then I went to Australia and I kind of come came across uh, I suppose better practices regenerative agriculture and um, yeah I suppose I decided uh, it was something that I was really interested in and mm-hmm. um, uh, I wanted to give it a go when I came home okay and you grew up on a farm as well did you yeah 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 and also worked on uh uncles on uh, a couple of uncles farms and stuff like that too <laughs> your father <laughs> and would you like to share maybe like some of the work you done or on people's farms yeah or? like what were you kind of up to uh yeah so well one, one of our uncles was uh a potato farmer so um yeah, I did a, a good couple of uh, summers <laughs> with him. <laughs> Eating potatoes off the soil. Uh, Yummy. Um, and yeah, I, I've helped your father out a good few times. Um, just doing, I suppose, normal farming tasks like picking starters and all that shit work. <laughs> <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know, because uh, they might think starter is for yeast, um, what what would you say is a starter? Uh, it's, uh, it's, geez, I could be wrong here now, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it what it is, is when you plant beet in a field that had previously had beet in it. Okay. Uh, if, uh, the old pieces of beet that would be left after uh, last year's crop uh, grow mm-hmm. and uh, they, they become a, a starters. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Kind of like seeded beet, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, from last year's. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it's something unwanted and you have to pick yeah, it. Yeah, it's a weed. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Ed. Yes, I do remember as a child doing that. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. my back down. Oh, it was the worst. It's actually literally the worst work. <laughs> yeah. Do they do it now or? Well, they don't really grow that much beet anymore because okay. the, fugger, the sugar factory is gone. In, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering for why Moy, we're not it? doing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose they still grow it for livestock. So there is a oh, few. Like, but, um, yeah. Fodder. Or... Yeah. But okay. not as much as a, we used to. Yes. And 
you mentioned forestry so you decided to go that route um could you tell us where you studied it and what it was like maybe if anybody's interested in that to study it uh yeah so i did it down in uh watford wit uh it's a three-year course but if you do an extra year then it's uh uh it gives you an honors degree um i suppose it's it's it doesn't really it only covers what the the main practices are now so okay. for clear felling what is the whereas it'd be good if they had a bit more of continuous cover forestry and okay. other better forest practices um yeah i mean like i can only remember doing a couple of days on continuous for cover forestry whereas the whole three years is based around uh clear felling and like logging and or just well, it's Basically, just the, the practice. Uh, oh no, I wouldn't say that. Like it's, it 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 goes through. It's the process of of uh, how they do majority of the uh, uh, forest practices in Ireland. Okay. Um. Yeah. And do we practice? Do you think we practice more clearing? forests or actually planting or is there well a it's a bit of both i mean all of the clear fell that they do they have to replant there's by law like yeah um but yeah like they could be done better like i mean uh there's very little uh continuous cover forestry done in ireland practice in ireland Whereas and other what, countries what like Europe, what would that mean? Continuous cover, like they you won't just keep, keep the canopy. No, you just keep the canopy, and you take out a couple of trees. Okay. Uh, uh, every few years, every okay. five to seven years, and oh, then okay. you use the the mature trees seed to uh, to replant the forest, like. Okay, but you'd you know. never be taking the full amount. You'd be just no, taking like a clear fell. Yeah. A clear fell forest is so. What happens is you buy your seed seedlings off yes. a nursery. Mm-hmm. You plant it, and then twenty years later you thin it, and then you might thin it again. And then after that, the the last uh, crop is the clear fell, which you you cut it all down, and then you just start again. So you get your seedlings mm-hmm. off the nursery. Whereas continuous cover forestry, your you, you well you go to mature forest then you take out a few trees and then other ones grow up and uh, those mature trees that you take out their seed uh, uh, grows up again once you take out a couple of trees because you're leaving light uh, down uh, onto the ground floor okay if you get me yeah that sounds good um yeah. but i yeah it might change down the line i think it's becoming um and is it like um is there a mixture of people doing this like forestry management services and like quilcha like are are these kind of the people who'd be doing this well so quilcha are are the state they look after all the state um the state land um where the then it'd be private forestry companies then doing uh yeah the private thing yeah and would that have been work you thought about doing or were you like no um when i first well when i first uh decided to do forestry i kind of had a completely different uh 
job in my head I thought like I was going to be a park ranger or something like that I didn't I suppose I, didn't, I never actually really clicked that like that they're going to grow trees to cut them down to make timber out of them yes um, mm. yeah yeah and then I suppose like would you have learned about you know when they are cut the carbon release would you have learned about the environmental impact or was it more about the benefits of cutting timber you know yeah um the only thing about that is uh i suppose when you cut the trees and then when you make something out of it that carbon is still locked up so i mean if you have a, a mature woodland it comes to a certain stage where the it's not taken up in any more carbon so if you actually have um uh, a quicker rotation and then you're locking the carbon up into timber it can actually it can that forest is it has the ability to actually lock up more carbon than a, a natural uh, forest that a mature forest that I suppose you're not uh, harvesting timber out of if you get me okay I thought I read about when you cut it you know say at the base Right. The trunk that the trunk. Yeah, from carbon the roots is leaves it out. You know. What's that? Sorry. Like the trunk then would be emitting carbon back out from the roots and the soil and. Yeah, I suppose when you cut down the tree, you're leaving the sun hit the the ground and it's kind of breaking. Yeah, carbon is. I suppose yeah, carbon is being released from the roots and um the branches that are left over and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay but you're essentially saying that a mature tree made into whatever it is a table a door that's still locked in carbon it's not fully yeah, releasing yeah. until i suppose that uh table once its lifetime <laughs> is thrown out it's gonna break down again yeah. Sort of yeah and all timber degrades at a different rate doesn't it yeah it would yeah and different environment I mean, if you keep it in somewhere dry and stuff like that, it's going to last a lot longer than if it's outside in yeah. the rain and the weather. And, you know, I've seen people with these kind of obsessions with wood or timber or vaulted ceilings. And they're just, you know, like there's certain trees that, you know, kind of people see as luxury or not. Yeah, yeah I suppose there would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mahogany, isn't it? That's kind of... Yeah. Or oak, like yeah. oak kind of worktops and stuff. People yeah. are like, oh, wow. But it does look lovely. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And it feels lovely. Yeah. Um, and it's so, it's a lot long, longer lasting. Like, I mean, if you take sicka spruce, what's grown in the plantations, I mean, that's, yeah, that lifetime is way shorter than if you have an oak table or, yes. you know. Yeah. yeah. So if people are... It takes a lot longer to grow an oak tree that compared yes. to the six spruce. Uh, what would you say is the lifespan of an oak? Uh, to grow, like? Yeah, mature. I suppose anything from 100 to 4... Like, there's oak trees that are over 400 years old. Probably even older. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a tree in Africa. Is it the... What is it called? The baobab or something? It I don't know. It it stores the most carbon in the world. Its trunk is the size of like a jeep. You know, it's massive. Right, I don't know if right. you've ever seen it. Yeah, it's a massive, massive tree. But it, it's actually essentially all water no in way. the trunk. 
yeah. you know, it's Africa desert or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's amazing tree. Oh, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's, it's shaped like a kind of a rugby ball kind of. You know? Oh, is it? Mm, maybe that's. No, maybe is that not one. it? I don't know. It's just yeah, it's fa- fascinating the tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then in Australia, then you did another course. Uh, would you tell us a bit about that? Uh, yeah, I did a, a, a permaculture course, which is, uh, I suppose, kind of kind of like homesteading, um, being, I suppose, self-sufficient, uh, growing your own food and, uh, uh, yeah, creating your own power, either by, like, wind or, I suppose, solar. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a good course. Um, so as well in Australia you worked um, in forestry uh, what kind of work were you doing there? Uh, so I was a harvesting manager so I basically planned out harvest sites before they got harvested um, so yeah built roads and um, uh, built roads and mark in all the waterways and stuff like that so the machinery could uh knew where they were and would stay out of them um uh yeah um what else i suppose um uh yeah and then also uh in the fire season or in the summer uh, we did the fire season so you could be fighting fires and stuff like that <coughs> Okay, and would you have a suit on, or? Uh, you have, uh, yeah, special clothes, um, and then you'd have a mask if it was bad. Um, uh, yeah. And for anybody not from the South Equator, would you explain like what the fire season is, or why that might happen? Um, yeah, so basically Australia kind of goes through periods of drought uh, and then with the drought uh, everything dries out and uh, you have uh, you get fires um, it's weird most of them are actually man 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 lit like people arsonists yeah. for some reason like okay. heaps of the fires for people lighting them up or else what happened would happen is um uh, farmers would do backburns and uh, I suppose hope that it would rain uh, be looking at the forecast and there could be forecasted rain and then the rain wouldn't come and then um, yeah it would cause uh, issues okay and what kind of forests were they are they old or are they planted or uh, so they were uh, it was a, a native species of pine, Araucaria, and it was planted in uh, uh, the native forest. So there was little patches in the native forest uh, mm-hmm. where they point, planted the pine. Um, yeah, and that's what we harvested. Okay. And have you been up, were you up in the rainforest in Cairns? Yeah, I visit that, but we didn't. Yeah, we don't have. They're uh, protected, are they? Or yeah, the rainforests would be all, yeah. all protected, and most so most their, 
uh, native forests will be I think it was 2025 they're gonna stop the the logging in the native forests yeah so native forest is where there were native trees but now they're planted yeah yeah okay. yeah okay. Um, but all the native logging was all done with continuous cover forestry okay so it was never clear felled or anything like that okay um, so we could learn from them maybe yeah they actually had good practices um i suppose but uh uh i suppose the public were never properly educated on their practices and yeah. do you know the way kind of people see cutting down a tree as a bad thing whereas it can be a good thing um i mean it, the native logging like uh <coughs> it brought an uh a revenue into the forest like it made generated money so it allowed uh, a, a lot more back burning and stuff so it reduced the fuels in the native forests and so the, uh, the fire seasons weren't as bad so now that they're after creating a lot of national parks over in um, Australia and when it becomes a national park it's kind of just closed the door and or the gate and and leave it nature do its thing but mm -hmm. you have huge issues where there's a a, a lot of uh, tree debris on the on the floor and then it creates these huge fires okay um yeah and would you have seen like um would you have seen the um, the practicing of the continuous kind of felling and would you have seen, would you have practiced that? Or were you more on the sideline? And if you did, no, so would you have seen animals being displaced? Or? Well, see, I wasn't in, we weren't, we weren't doing the native logging. Okay. So we were doing, we were managing the plantations within the uh, pockets of the native forest. Okay. So all the native forests around us wasn't, uh, yeah, we didn't do any native logging. Yeah. Okay. So we just there's plantations within the native forest, and that's what we used to manage and harvest. Okay. And then we used to harvest them and then replant them. Okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. And do you know? Are there other countries in the world that are doing good practices, or will have laws coming in? Would you be? Uh. Uh. Germany, Germany and, and France would do a lot of continuous cover forestry in their their hardwoods, but then I suppose their pine they do still a lot of clear fell, um, felling. <coughs> okay. And do you kind of miss working with the trees now, or are you happy to still be in nature in some way? Um. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I still do a small bit of forestry. If if uh, someone's interested in, in me managing it uh, for continuous cover forestry, uh, I'm happy to do it. Um, and also, too, like with the farm, I mean, we planted 4,000 trees on the farm this year, so I'll still be integrating a lot of trees into the farming system. Um, yeah, so as... I suppose uh, <laughs> a little bee. <laughs> the honey bee is visiting us. Um, yes, I'll be in, in integrating a lot of agroforestry systems. So mm -hmm. I hope to.
plants like uh, hazelnuts and stuff like that so um, uh, so I suppose you're you're getting you're, you're kind of stacking a couple of enterprises so I could have the hens uh, uh, free-ranging uh, in orchard in orchards cool and actually while you say hazelnuts have you tried pig nuts no okay what are they called pig pig nuts no no um they're basically i don't know too much about them but i've eaten them but you find them i found them on the edge of or i've shown them by the edge of like a forest and they're kind of like it's like leaves coming out of the ground but you actually have to like put your fingers down into the soil to get them out and at the end of the base of the stem or the root there's a nut right and you can pull it out and you can eat it huh does it taste nice yeah yeah what does yeah. it taste it's like it's just funny that like there's this nut in the soil hiding and it's right. like a little yeah, gem yeah, yeah. um but i wouldn't be the best at identifying yet yeah maybe yeah. one day but uh, yeah very kind of nutty right soily yeah. earthy <laughs> <laughs> what you expect <laughs> um and what would you say fascinates you most about nature? Um, geez, that's a big question there. <laughs> yeah, it could be a big question with a simple answer. Um, it's ability to bounce back. I mean, like, if you look at, uh, like, Chernobyl and all that. Yeah. Like, it, there's, there's all these, like, because, well, it's actually, it's cool that, like, there's no humans in that area anymore mm-hmm. and all the changes like all the, there's like wolves that are after coming back there that mm. were never there and yeah all these different animals it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing isn't it yeah or like yesterday i was in the tractor looking for something and i was like it was like plants or weeds or whatever growing out of the back of the seat yeah yeah you know yeah. it's just amazing or yeah. like but there's sure. a tree growing out of the concrete there it's yeah so it's crazy powerful. yeah yeah so yeah. powerful but like plants only take only five percent of their thing from the soil like i think 95 percent is from the air you know carbon okay. and yeah i'm pretty sure i could be wrong there that's an amazing <laughs> yeah. fact for today yeah. jesus um, really five percent of their nutrients are yeah so maybe the, they don't need a huge soil base maybe no. maybe they just need a little sprinkle yeah yeah that's fascinating isn't it yeah can't even process that. What? I hope I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Should Google it. Yeah, but I think we do need more like education about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we know so little. I know. And then people have their opinions. Do you know? And yeah, like it's not definite. Uh, and what we know, like some, like we still don't know. No, no, not really. Um, and it was the other day I was telling my mum about um, pollination and plants and how they can't move. So the little furry people fly around and move pollen and stuff. And how do they reproduce? And she was like, I'd say people don't know this at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what is pollination? Yeah. You know. It's mad. Um, it's something that maybe needs to be taught more. Because we don't realise how much we the planet on it. is sustained by be- be- birds and bees and pollinators in general. And 
we've no idea like yeah yeah just at the level of in you know the complexity of it at a little micro level is amazing yeah i suppose and were we taught in i can't remember being taught in primary school were we no i don't remember no no i don't recall that because that's something you'd be like what yeah (laughs) Um, even like a couple of years ago when I discovered there was flowers on the sycamore tree like I'd, n- I'd never like you know just becoming a bit more aware of the environment and working with bees I became aware of all of that I had never seen those flowers before right and then yeah. learning more about trees and reading books about them I was like what there's flowers up there you know there's things you just don't yeah, notice yeah. until you either educate yourself or you're shown or like yeah I was just like, what? <laughs> Mind blown. Um, yeah. Um, and what advice would you give to somebody who maybe wants to, like, try to do their little bit? Um, is there any simple kind of thing they could do? Don't don't cut their lawn. <laughs> yeah. It's a very simple one. Yeah. And do you think I was reading about? I mean, like if you think of it, all the <coughs> all the land that we use for lawns, like if we just left them go wild, it's a huge proportion of mm. land right there. And some people have big garden or big lawns, or some people yeah. even have an acre. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. And do you think people have some kind of fear with wildness that, like? You know, they might look bad if their garden's bad, or do you think they're more accepting of it? Yeah, like even at at home, like for some reason, Dad just loves cutting the lawn. Like, like, and I'm there, like, so I've got him. I've 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 managed to stop him to cut the lawn in the orchard now. Like, but he still, still has to cut. Yeah, the rest of the garden. Like, so I say one third of it, or no, I suppose half, half's left and half's uh, cut. Yeah. But I suppose look, it's better than all of it being cut yeah it's progress progress yeah definitely but i think it's just yeah his i don't know people like like it kind of nice and neat i suppose yeah. same with like even our the hedgerows like yeah i'm constantly on them like i'm there like just leave them and at the moment i've got it as far as so we kind of cut the sides of the hedge but yeah. we leave the top of it then okay and hopefully i'll just keep <laughs> yeah um yeah, hopefully I'll keep. Uh, yeah, I'll wear him down. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and he's just gonna leave it, leave him grow. <laughs> yes, and would the hedgerow be cut like once a year, or is it like, or is it kind of something? Well, it should be only cut every three to five years. Okay. Cycle, yeah. Oh yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like wow. yeah, all I want is kind of just maybe just to cut a, a meter up just where the, the fencing wire is yeah. and then just kind of leave it go out like a mushroom kind of yeah. you know and leave oh, the yeah. leave the, the livestock will just uh, nibble away at it anyway do you know they'll kind of prune it back for you a small bit yes um, yeah <coughs> cows is it yeah or yeah goats <laughs> yeah whatever I suppose whatever cows or sheep sheep goats are good yeah. Yeah. yeah very good um, yeah I think we all have that kind of responsibility now like the younger I suppose generation of educating the older one and I find it really helpful having the bees because I can like really demonstrate that like 
there's flowers on that like yeah. you need, that needs to be left there because that's food and then like you know like they can't live like yeah yeah there's no yeah. food coming in there's no bees yeah do you have to use sugar for the bees in the winter how, how does that work? um you can yeah you can like i did feed mine it's like a sugar based um uh feed right um that i bought off um a beehive company um some of them ate it through that were maybe weaker or didn't have yeah. enough honey and some of them didn't really touch it um yeah so and how much honey would you get off a beehive really depends on the strength of the colony because last year we'll say there was two five hives and I only took honey off one hive and that one hive had a double box so normally there's a single box this one in particular had a double box and I was able to take 40 jars off that box and that was the only honey and that that specific hive the queen is so good the queen is like the master of the hive that that whole box was full again within no time. So I knew they were strong enough, whereas the other ones, they were not strong enough, right. so I wouldn't touch it. And why wouldn't they be strong enough? Just not enough pollen around, is it? Or could be anything. could be due to the colony, just like people in general. Some people are stronger and weaker. Yeah, yeah. Colonies yeah. work together better. Some are not as good. Like, they're just... A, uh, the, that hive is like a super hive. It's literally right, right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. An amazing. And a lot of it is due to the queen as well, how she because she is like the dictator you know like her genes you know like so she's like they follow her it's a hive mind it's a collective mind they all work together they're all a a super organism so they all must work together in efficiency to produce and to maintain their their lives um but like 95 percent of the hive is female and then in the winter you have no males and then the males come back in the spring why what happens to males in the winter Do they, they die? all die yeah. jesus we don't need men to sustain <laughs> the planet so folks actually if you're listening to this um i'm actually doing a tours well like guided nature sessions on the farm they'll be starting saturday actually 4th of june and i'll be taking people on a bit of beekeeping a bit of forest bathing and a bit of mindfulness so if anybody's listening and you really like the sound of what the bees do um give me a message and i'd love to have you here and share all the bee news but um yeah so that's the hive but um it's a good addition to a farm or growing or yeah anything, no, as I, you know i definitely want to get uh, bees yeah. yeah yeah we might set you up with a, a swarm bait hive and yeah, you can get a colony good. for free off of nature a wild one yeah because um do you you know rob did bees yes. for a while yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it didn't go too well. <laughs> so Ed's brother did bees as well for a while. Um, and did he have them for long? Or? Um, oh, I, I, I can't even remember. I was away in Australia at the time, like um, maybe a year, I think. I think okay. they just, did they just leave or they just swarmed okay. it in? Is, is that maybe. what they do? You have to manage them. Like to some extent. Yeah, because... They can leave for different reasons, right, but yeah. naturally in the summer they'll multiply. What nature does, it, it multiplies in every aspect and new queens come. And so there's not enough for two queens, so they got to go. Right. But normally you should be left with a colony. Yeah. But if the hive is unsuitable or the place is unsuitable or the forage, like they might leave anyway. Right, yeah. 
because it's uh, he only got <laughs> he only got two jars of honey off it, <laughs> so it's like the most expensive honey ever because it costs like he got like two hives and all the gear. Yeah. It's like fifteen hundred euro or something yeah. he spent on it's it. So 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 expensive, <laughs> so, most expensive <laughs> honey. <laughs> definitely, yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's that's why I think people don't get into it. It's so expensive. Um, but can you not make the hives yourself? No, you, you could. Kinda... Are you good at carpentry? Because I need somebody to I'm make. Actually, not that bad. Yeah. 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 yeah I'd um. I've have some neighbours now, friends of mine, and they've made hives, different types of hives. Yeah. Not like the commercial looking like ones. Um. But. Yeah, you can definitely do it yourself. I don't know what kind of wood you'd need. I think that's. Pine is it? Did they call it deal or something? Red deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's pine, What's that yeah. pine? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and then they have cedar. Oh yeah. And then another one, but apparently the different ones is like, I don't know, is it the heavier it gets or something? I think that's right. just the difference or something. Well, the cedar would be more expensive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. much more. But it'd be longer lasting too. That'd be good yeah. quality uh, timber. I've just put, um, you know, to, I've just painted them with uh, linseed oil. I right. don't know if that's good because see the bees are so sensitive. Yeah, yeah. They you don't have to be like careful, paint. Yeah. They might leave the hive if there's paint huh. or VOCs. So you're meant to buy a paint that's low VOC or I don't know, is it like a non latex? I can't remember the words, but I had read as well that linseed oil is really good for maintaining the wood. Right. But you might yeah. need to do it every year or so. Yeah. That doesn't affect them too much. Yeah. But they're super sensitive, like. Yeah, like the vib- yeah, smell, vibration, yeah. Yeah, I've used linseed oil before, but I suppose <laughs> what I used to do was, I don't think you could do it to the hive, though. You burn the timber, so it chars the outside of it, and okay. that actually protects it from insects, and it makes it waterproof, the wood. It lasts okay. for years then, yeah. Burn the timber? Yeah, it's a Japanese... Um, How do you burn it? With a, a blowtorch. Okay. Yeah, it's a Japanese... Uh, uh, technique okay yeah because i know some people they heat the linseed oil as well to make it boiling right yeah yeah but i don't yeah. somebody said that's not good either for the bees is it yeah i don't know that it's boiled or something it does something to the chemistry or yeah <coughs> um and what would you say would be so you're growing as well what would be like your favorite vegetable or fruit that you grow and do you have any nice recipe you like? Or? Well, at the moment, I'm eating a lot of eggs. <laughs> uh, How many I eggs do you actually, have a day? Oh, I'd say I'd have four or five eggs in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And then another six at night. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I'd have four or five eggs every morning. Yeah. I think it's okay as long as you don't have it with the bread, do you know. Um, as but in yeah, t- because it's... <laughs> too much well it's just kind of a high fat uh, a high fat uh, breakfast you know so okay. like your body would be I suppose burning fat in, um, during the night and then yeah I suppose I suppose it'd be kind of like keto and then I'd have a carby dinner then because um, carbs are nice <laughs> so you don't have any lunch do you oh I would yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it'd be still it'd only be like a salad and yeah. um, a bit of ham or something like that. Yeah, nice. yeah. No but carbs. Yeah. Oh no, I do. Yeah, 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 for dinner. 
yeah, I'd have potatoes and stuff for dinner. Um, and would you eat from your garden then, or your growing? Yeah, yeah. So at the moment, there's heaps of kale and lettuce. Um, there's some cucumbers or gherkins. I'm not actually too quite too sure what they are. They're gherkins or cucumbers or something. Okay. But, um, and some spring onions. Lovely. Um, but I say tomato. Well, actually, tomatoes are fruit. But yeah. I say like tomatoes grown at home, they're the best. Like. Oh, the best, yeah. Yeah, the stuff in the shop is like know, what? Still no comparison. Yeah. And do you have any other hobbies or something you do for fun? Um, I do a small bit of surfing. I haven't done it in ages. And a small bit of rock climbing, which I haven't done in ages either. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where would you Oh, rock sorry, not rock. Climb? Indoor rock climbing. Oh, like bouldering, yeah. is it? Bouldering, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah bouldering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you like go out much for parties? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you a farmer who parties? Uh, well, I'm going to a festival in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, or no, fab. actually, next, not this week, the weekend after. Yeah. yeah What's that? So, Beyond the Pale, it's up in Wicklow. Three day festival. Okay. <laughs> you. Right. Well, I might check that out myself. Um, cool. Um, would you have any wacky fact we might like to know about? <laughs> about me? Yeah. Jeez. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, not that I can think of now. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you'd like to add about your business that you'd like to share with people to let them know about? Uh, yeah, you can buy my eggs. Uh, if yeah, so I have a few honesty boxes around the place. Uh, one in Laura Hadda by the uh, is it the boat club? Is it? Yeah, near the tennis club. Yeah, the yeah. boat club. Yeah. Uh, one at Ballinucra, which is here. Yeah, at the uh, farm. At the farm. Uh, one at Klein petrol station. Okay. Um, where else now? <laughs> Uh, or one in uh, East Ferry, is it? Yeah, it's East Ferry, isn't it? Yeah. Down by Clets. Okay. Another yeah. box. Cool. Uh, and yeah, I also go to the Wilton Farmers Market on a Tuesday and Black Rock on a Sunday. Okay. From ten to two. Very exciting. And you can also find his Instagram. There's bits there about the farm. Oh yeah. And all regeneration and watch this space <laughs> it's going to be growing um and yeah just good work for the world um so that's all you'd like to share yeah that's about it so. cool um so thanks for tuning in folks um again if you'd like to uh share this episode give it a share with like-minded people and if you'd like to come on my upcoming project be wild journeys get give a message to me and i'll see if i have some space left and, and no doubt there'll be one in the future um thanks again to the patrons who are supporting um if you can support um think of it as a cup of coffee and um i'd be grateful to have you on there uh, have a lovely week everybody and stay in nature ciao